producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Welcome into another episode of the Score North Taxi Squad, available on scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, Apple, Spotify, and if you want to see our ugly mugs, check us out on the Score North YouTube channel. I'm one of your cabbies on duty today, Jason Stormer, joined with the usual guys. We got AJ Fredrickson and Artist Woods. Guys, hope you're having a wonderful day today because I know Vikings fans had a pretty awesome weekend of football. Against all odds, all odds, the pastor-not himself, Josh Jobs, lead the Minnesota Vikings to an improbable, or improbable, I don't know exactly what the word is, 31-28 to victory over the Atlanta Falcons. It was an absolute crazy game, one of the craziest regular seasons games that the Vikings have had that I can really remember. And guys, just to start off the show, how are we feeling about this team after just an insane game? Man, I mean... I don't even know. I know, right? <laughs> like, I don't even like this team is, and I said this about them last year, and I think it applies again this year. They're super resilient, bro. Like, they had an opportunity after Jaron Hall went down to pack it in. They had an opportunity after Justin Jefferson went down to pack it in. They had an opportunity when Kirk Cousins went down to pack it in. And despite losing two arguably their two best players, or at least two of their best players, and their backup rookie quarterback, they still come out and play one hell of a game. I don't even know how to really, like, like Josh Dobbs came out there, and, I mean, he he had some rough moments. Started off a little slow, had an ugly safety, weird plays here and there, um, but used his legs, got going, and let a game-winning drive at the end of the game. We almost got that tie for a second. It was that close. That AJ was predicting, which mm-hmm. was nuts. He hit the group chat for the people who don't know. Obviously, nobody else knows but us. But he hit the group chat like, guys, it's it happening. might happen. Let's like, oh, get by the phone sort of FaceTime. But, uh, no, it was it was an incredible game to watch. I thought the defense played really well in the first half. I wasn't too impressed in the second half, but they did what needed to be done um, in order to get the win or at least put the Vikings in position to get the win by not giving up too many points in the first half. Uh, was able to force a turnover there on uh, Heineke, which was pivotal late in the game. But I just thought, I mean, after watching a game like that, it's hard not to be optimistic. Now, obviously, they got the Saints coming up, and that's going to be an interesting test. I want to see what's going on with Hall moving forward as well, but – I mean, I don't know how, as a Vikings fan, you can't be at least optimistic. I mean, Josh Dobbs. Now, I do think it'll be different. Teams will have, you know, if Dobbs starts this week, which I'm not sure if he will. I assume he will. But we'll see. You know, teams will have that week now to prepare. You know, one of the best pass defenses in the league will have a a week now to prepare for Josh Dobbs. Um, So we'll see because it's a little different when you thrust a guy in there last minute um, because teams don't necessarily prepare for that guy to be in there. So we'll see how that looks. Justin Jefferson is back practicing now. Don't know if he'll play this week. Probably not, but maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Don't want to speculate about that, but at least he's back. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, it's hard not to be optimistic about what this team could do. You can't count them out because of how they've been playing, man. It's just it's impressive to watch for sure. Yeah, no, I like you said, it's hard to not be a little optimistic and kind of just have like good vibes all around regarding that win. Um, bad news, you lose Cam Akers. Bad news, mm-hmm. Jaron Hall. Despite like looking all right on that opening drive, 
who knows what happens with him now because mm. with it, if Josh Dobbs, everything goes terrible, you know, we had the safe first off, we had the safety. That's how I knew 2020 tie was dead in the water. There's no chance. They were getting, <laughs> I needed like a missed extra point just for a chance. I was like, no, we're not doing that. Um, but uh, no, Josh Dobbs, he didn't take a snap in practice leading up to Sunday. Um, they, they were working. He was working with the old line to like get the snap cadence down ahead of it, like their first drive. Um, KOC was in his ear, like in the headset before plays, pretty much telling him, hey, this is what's going to happen. Here's your first read. If it's not there, run, book it. Um, <laughs> but the thing about that, too, is you only have like 25 seconds or so. And I think the comms like automatically turn off 15 or 10 seconds before the, like the snap or like the end of the play clock, I should say. Um, so I think that do is due to in part why we saw such, you know, just put it frankly, terrible football for his, you know, the, the very start of his, uh, his tenure as a Viking, but um, you take away the safety you take away the the fumble that was returned back to like the one yard line. Yeah, it was a hell of a day for him. <laughs> he he exceeded. I think. I mean, there was really no expectations for him, so it was not hard to exceed. But he blew them out of the water. He was fantastic. He had in what like I think the highest QBR of the week with the safety and the fumble. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew he he had some legs, but it was it was weird to see a quarterback wearing purple. That was mobile. It was refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Um, shifty, quick, not afraid to just are and granted he, he kind of had to given the circumstances, but he didn't like it. Perfect. Let's get out of the pocket. Let's run. Um, that fourth and seven late to get the first down to extend that game winning drive. I mean, Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. It was it was tremendous. So um, like you said, the it's hard to not be a little optimistic. I'm excited to see what him and KOC now with a full week what they can do um it's the saints the saints defense is going to be a lot better i think than the falcons I mean, they're they're a great pass uh, pass defense and that's the thing that the vikings i think are going to have to rely on despite not having kj osborne after his injury this past weekend still not having justin jefferson i know he was designated back to like return to practices but it sounds like it's a, a better chance than not that he does doesn't even like think about suiting up this weekend um you know, Jordan Addison and Brandon Powell are now your wide receiver one and two. TJ Hawkinson is still there, but the passing defense of the Saints, that's their bread and butter. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Alexander Madison, you're gonna have to step up. I know, like fantasy wise, you had a pretty decent day uh <laughs> this past weekend. <laughs> I want but I want to see you like I want to see you run the ball. Like this is this is why they went with you this this past and not because it was the cap hit as well, but they had faith in you and they have relied on you in for, for whatever reason through these first nine games, they've stuck with Alexander Madison is like, that's our number one guy. Even in the instances where cam Akers was, he came in and he had like a 20 yard run and he's hitting holes and blah, blah, blah. And he, you know, he looked productive. Like if you give him a more of a workload, it, it, he could break something open. They've stuck by Alexander Madison. This is going to have, have to be a game where Alexander Madison really buckles down and says, all right, I am, running back one. I am your bell cow because Ty Chandler preseason, he was putting the ball on the ground a lot. I think that was the big knock there. We're going to have to see what him and maybe Kenny Wong Wu can do. 
um, as the kind of secondary parts to Alexander Madison, but Alexander Madison is going to have to step up big time against the saints because it's going to be an RB duel. And he's got Alvin Kamara who since his suspension was, uh, was lifted. He has been on a tear. This guy looks like he has not missed a beat. He's still, um, I, I think maybe almost under the radar has, like resubmitted himself into like that elite running back category. Obviously I think Chris McCaffrey is the creme de la creme this season so far, but he is up there for that top five conversation. No doubt. Um, Derek Carr is more than capable at depending on the week. I should say sometimes he takes it off, but he's got <laughs> weapons. Chris Olave has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the, it's, it's going to be another good test for Brian Flores. And I think this is where, the hiring of Brian Flores is going to come out and probably pay off more so because they're going to put up points. But it, it, I think Brian Flores is going to limit the Saints about as well as anybody else can. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this is, I mean, this is going to be a fun week. I don't know how confident I am that they're going to get the win. I'm optimistic. I'm more optimistic about this team than I was a week ago. Um, but I'm not sure that it's going to be a walk in the park comes uh, come Sunday against the saints. Yeah. Even though it was a thrilling 31 to 20 victory for the Vikings over the Falcons, one of the most fun and, and regular season history for the team uh, underrated storyline really was the injuries that happened in this game for Minnesota, losing cam Akers to another torn Achilles. I feel so bad for him. It was his other Achilles too, not the same Achilles. And it's just best of luck to cam Akers rehabbing from out rehabbing from that. Cause that is just a terrible blow to uh, just um, his season and also potentially to his career. But Christian Derrissaw guys, a late scratch, very uh, head scratching. If you ask me, there were no indications throughout the week that really there were going to be any issues with him, but this has kind of happened before with Christian Derrissaw. where just all of a sudden 24 hours before the game, all of a sudden, Oh, he can't go or he tweaks something and practice. Like it's, it's concerning because this has happened before with him. And obviously if Josh Dobbs is going to be our starting quarterback moving forward, obviously he's earned the right to do that uh, to start against the saints. And uh, unless he has a really terrible game, he'll probably continue to be the starting quarterback moving forward. But I need our offensive line to be extremely healthy throughout this time. And if Christian Derrissaw is having issues, that's going to be a problem. Thankfully, uh, pretty much everybody else is doing okay. Like Garrett Bradbury, Brian O'Neill, uh, Ed Ingram and um, uh, Dalton Reisner. As well, but man, it just, I, I do feel bad for Jaron Hall guys. Um, that is a pretty tough blow uh, to be dealt. Um, you get your first NFL start, you get into the game, you get a series in and you look promising too. when five or six, 78 yards, it looked pretty good with a rating of one eighteen for Jaron Hall before he got knocked out with a concussion. And then he does get knocked out with that concussion and you know, circumstances happen like this, and now he's not going to be a starting quarterback, at least for this upcoming week. You just kind of feel bad for the guy. Now, granted, he's still in concussion protocol, so even if, you know, Hall was able to play the entirety of the Falcons game, there's no guarantee that he'd actually be able to suit up against the Saints. But, man, it's just you wait your turn, and you finally get this opportunity. And he's a young man. It's only a—he's he's young, so he's got plenty of career left. But, man, I just—that that just got to be a gut punch for Jaron Hall. But just Joshua Dobbs, guys exceeded all possible expectations that you can have for a guy that's thrown into into that kind of circumstance. I said last week that I was terrified, terrified if the Vikings started Josh Dobbs because I didn't want a Josh Freeman situation to happen all over again. And when he got put into the game and when he got uh, when he got tackled for that safety, I was like, admittedly, oh, man, here we go here. 
are the troubles that kind of happen to a team when you're dealing with this kind of situation. But he stepped up, was able to get a touchdown drive before the end of the half, I believe, and was able to at least go into the half going like, all right, guys, don't worry. We've been we've been dealt a pretty crappy situation here, but we're going to make the most of this and we're going to go out and win this ball game." And man, just the reactions of the locker room after the game was so cool. The entire team embracing Josh Dobbs, a guy that, honestly, like you guys mentioned, he didn't even know his teammates' names. Yeah. I mean, he was literally hiking the ball with Garrett Bradbury. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, let's get the cadence down. Uh, what's your name again? Oh, Garrett. Okay, cool. Nice to meet you, Garrett. <laughs> right. uh, it was it was just an insane situation. Um, uh, like I mentioned, one of the craziest regular season games that the Vikings have been a part of. Probably the craziest one since. Probably the Colts game or the Bills game last year. Uh, those games were probably a, a step above in terms of craziness than this one. But still, just the circumstances. I don't remember really. I mean, it, it was that Josh Freeman game on Monday night against the Giants where I don't remember the Vikings um, having to deal with a situation like this. But it, that went horribly. And this went just absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. And moving forward, guys, honestly, the other thing I kind of got a taste of watching this game was just the potential of what Kevin O'Connell can do with the quarterback not necessarily named Kirk Cousins. I think more so than ever, I'm convinced that Kevin O'Connell might actually be a quarterback whisperer. You can be a really good offensive coach in the NFL, but you might have you know a more specialty in a certain area of the offense, maybe a receiver or running back. You might not necessarily be a quarterback whisperer, but what Kevin O'Connell was able to do in such a short amount of time, and obviously Josh Dobbs deserves a ton of credit too, has me just really, really encouraged that no matter what the future entails for the Minnesota Vikings and who is going to be on the roster next season, I think we got a pretty dang good head coach that if a situation like this arises again, I'm going to feel pretty dang confident that at least the coaching staff is going to have these players in a position where they can still go out and win a ball game. Doesn't mean it's going to happen every single time because, you know, some hills are a little bit too tough to climb. But in the Vikings case against the Atlanta Falcons this past Sunday, that was not the case. And if Kevin O'Connell can do this with a guy like Josh Dobbs, I'm morbidly curious to see what he's going to be able to do with a guy that, you know, he potentially drafts or brings in. And really, it just identifies as a guy is like, that is my guy. He was able to do all of this on the fly and was still able to get his group to put a, um, a great effort out on the field. So... As much as there's going to be so much reckless speculation on the Vikings offseason, no matter what, this game is just leaving me very hopeful that we are in the hands of a very competent coaching staff that no matter who is on the roster, we got guys that are coaching these players that are able to maximize them to uh, insanely awesome degrees that we were able to do with Josh Dobbs here this past Sunday. And not only do you have guys in the coaching staff, you also have you got great weapons like we've like we've been talking about now. Obviously, you know, KJ is out. Obviously, you know, JJ's out. You got some injuries. Obviously, Cam Akers, like you said, went out during the game. But when guys are healthy, when guys are healthy, you have some viable options. And Powell has been balling, bro. Like he's just been making plays. Yeah, like, I don't know if I want to say balling, balling, but like he's just he's he's a guy that's out there just making plays. Mm-hmm. He's, he seems to be in the right place at the right time. Caught the game with a touchdown. Like he just seems to be a guy that is just they're making plays. It's like defense is kind of forget he's out there almost. Like no no disrespect to him, but I'm just saying like, it just feels like there's Powell again, like making big plays, <laughs> third downs. You know, game with a touchdown. Like he just. He's there, got great hands, shifty, you know, breaks tackles. It's hard to get to the ground. I do have a question for you guys, though. Yeah. Because this has been on my mind since Jaron Hall got hurt. Personally, I liked what I saw. 
in a limited time he was out there. He went out with a concussion. Dobbs went in there and, again, started a little rocky, but played extremely well. I'm going to ask this question, then I'm going to answer it, and I'm going to pitch it to you guys. <laughs> Do you guys believe that when he's healthy, he should be inserted back in the lineup? Personally, me, I think you're in the same position that you were just in just last week with knowing what Josh Dobbs is for the most part because as great as he looked, it's going to look different when teams game plan for him. It's it's it's. I mean, the man dropped back, you know, broke the broke the pocket and ran to the right side of the field probably 40 times it felt like throughout the game and was able to get that just wide open field for a touchdown, you know, wide open for a crucial uh, fourth down. You know, he was able to break the pocket and, and roll to the same side countless times. Or defenses are going to see that. Defenses are going to game plan for that and are going to slow that down at some point. Not to say he's not a decent quarterback. Not to say he can't come in and make plays and win games. But, you know, it's not going to look – I don't believe it will look that impressive, you know, going forward, knowing that now teams, okay, this is who you got out there. This is what we expect. This is how we're going to game plan to slow that down. You still don't fully know what you have in the young rookie in Jaron Hall. And I and I understand how one would say you don't want to break the momentum of a guy like Dobbs who came in and made plays and led the team on a game when the driver went in and – you know, win the game ultimately. You know, you don't want to break up the camaraderie in the locker room. You talked about how great the locker room was after the game. But at the same time, I want to see more. Maybe it's just a selfish thing for me. <laughs> I want to see more of the rookie. I want to see more of what he's got because even though he went down, I thought he, I was like, hey, yeah, he's looking pretty good. And it was It was unfortunate the injury happened, but I do not believe he should lose his starting job based off of that particular injury to Josh Dobbs, who we know who he is already. That's that's my take. I think that when he's healthy, I think he should be inserted back in the lineup. Now, if Josh Dobbs goes out there and just dominates the Saints, it's going to make this conversation a lot harder. But I think if Josh Dobbs reverts back to who he was with the Cardinals in his next game or is anything similar to that and doesn't have as good of a game, I think when Hall is ready, I think you put him back in the lineup and see what you have. What do you guys think? If you're, you know, if you got me a knife point and I have to answer this question tonight, I'm going to say, I'm going to say you let Dobbs steer the ship until there's, you know, there's a leak. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a question where I think you have to, like, this has to be asked Monday or su- Sunday night after the game, even, you know, let Fair. me digest it. Let me take in the full Josh Dobbs experience. Cause yes, he like to your point he did do a lot of like the same stuff and it's probably going to be telegraphed and all that stuff and you know it, it probably wouldn't work again honestly it probably wouldn't but that's just because he literally didn't know the guy's names like he, 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 he didn't have a single practice snap in the 72 hours leading up to sunday so i i need to see actually like an actual game where he got to sit down because he's a smart guy you know, Jason said his nickname that was dubbed to him the pastor not. I prefer Dobby the Red Zone Elf personally. <laughs> but uh Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, it's not even Thanksgiving. Sorry. <laughs> a little ahead of ourselves there. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I was in Coles the other day. Well, actually, I was in Coles before Halloween and they were already playing Christmas music. So I mean this is yeah, this, this, I heard, this I, is capitalism in America, you yeah. know. There we go. Yeah. Um shoot where was i um oh yeah yeah yeah. here we go here we go here we go um when, when it comes to it i need to see the full experience of him getting to be able to 
you know, have a week with Kevin O'Connell. And granted, that's arguably that's not even enough time, but he's a smart guy. He's a mm. literal like rocket scientist. He is smarter than most average humans. So if it takes a normal quarterback and this is just a base figure I'm throwing out for the sake of easy, whatever, a month, a month to like get a system down after being acquired midseason, let's cut it in half for Josh Dobbs. You know, he, this is a guy who has had to learn like five different offenses in a span of almost two ish years. This is not his first rodeo. He knows the system. He's probably got a plan in place on what he finds the most efficient way to look, you know, look through the playbook, how to memorize what things are. Now he's going to have a full week of realizing, okay, maybe Brandon Powell shouldn't be my first option in the red zone here. Maybe it should be Jordan Addison. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, not that Ford can't catch the ball. He did in a very clutch moment. So ups to him. And like, to your point, people almost forget he's out there. Frankly, I do too while watching. So <laughs> that was a real refreshing touchdown. But, um, you know, he, he's going to be a little more familiar with what his weapons are and who he should probably look to. What's the first read going to be on this play? And, who, and if not, now I'm now I have a second read because it's not just that's not there. Sweet. Let's run. Um so I I do expect less str- scrambling this weekend because he should be more prepared if the first option isn't there and against the St. Stevens it shouldn't. But if there is if it's you know mediocre, if mm-hmm. I don't get wowed, and I don't even need to be, be wowed, just like if I don't, ha- you know how you eat like a burger sometimes you go out and afterwards you're in the car and you're just like. I just feel bad about myself. You know, if I have mm. one of those, like that, it's a long lasting, like yuck after the game. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hesitate to go back to Jaron Hall. Um, I think it also heavily depends on do you win or lose? You can't yeah. replace the guy if he's winning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, tough. he, yeah, he right. pulled a W out of his, uh, out of his hat for the, you know, I, I don't want to keep saying it, but for no preparation whatsoever. If he can do it again with some preparation, you have to keep going. And it's tough because given where he came in, this is the ideal situation. You have weapons and granted they're dropping like flies at the time with, with injuries, but you're possibly set to get your best weapon back here in the coming weeks. Um, The schedule at the moment, it's not like they're playing the chiefs like they were earlier this season. You have a run of teams that you should be able to beat. The Saints arguably might be the toughest one out of this little stretch that they have. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, and Kevin O'Connell is your coach. Like you, you're, you, you saw what he did. Jason just had it to the point of is he a quarterback whisperer? And you have a defense, which the Minnesota Vikings have not been able to say in a couple of years now. Yeah. So this is about as good as a we're gonna throw you in there, man. Just do your thing, sit type of situation as it could be. And if he's thriving in that, I would find it borderline illegal to break that up. So yeah. I need you. We'll talk about it after the game on Sunday. But my goodness, to think right now that like if, if he's no symptoms whatsoever, I don't think you can even sniff the possibility of Jaron Hall starting on Sunday. Oh no 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 yeah. no 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 no! Yeah, I wouldn't do it. No, yeah. I wouldn't. I would definitely give him some time off after Absolutely. that hit he's hooking again. No, yeah, no. no. And I basically echo pretty much everything that AJ said until Josh Dobbs actually starts playing bad. I mean, you, you you can't take him off the field at this point. I'm so excited to see what a full week of preparation is like with this guy. What he's going to be able to do in, in a weird way, I actually expect him to play worse against the Saints than he did against the Falcons. 
to be honest, I, I think a lot of that game was adrenaline for not only him, but the entire team as well. I mean, they went out and executed their plays. They got the job done. They deserve all the credit. But I could definitely see a little bit of an emotional letdown coming against the Saints. I still don't anticipate Josh Dobbs to be brutal to the point where we will be considering. Well, even if Jaron Hall can't play this week, I mean, we might be talking about like Sean Mannion being the backup quarterback. And I know most Vikings fans don't really want to potentially see Sean Mannion out there. Um, but honestly, guys, the ship has kind of already sailed uh, in terms of money making opportunities with the Vikings and Josh Jobs, because I believe his jersey is already on the top shelf of uh, racks at the Vikings team stores right next to like Justin Jefferson and stuff like that. So the team is already making a ton of money off of Josh Jobs jersey sales. So they definitely want him to be the starting quarterback on Sunday, too. That's kind of how that kind of thing works. Yes, AJ. To interrupt you really quick, you mentioned like the whole adrenaline thing. I don't know about you guys. I'm a big intangible guy like i love stats and <laughs> yeah. i love the underlying analytics yes. but intangibles are just something that it's just like they they tickle that part of your brain and if you're <laughs> telling me that he's got the adrenaline and he's able to like hone that in and just like go racehorse with the blinders on like mm-hmm. here's my goal nothing's gonna stop me in my way if he's got that that clutch gene that like i'm just gonna be the guy here for a second i'm just gonna turn into the guy oh boy i mean oh boy and granted, you know, you, what, you sent a <laughs> six-round pick for him or a seventh or whatever it was, you know, I, you, you usually don't have it. But for, if he doesn't have, like, the top-tier talent, but he has the intangibles, Kevin O'Connell is going to probably make that work. You know, what, what's the old – that dog will do more than just hunt. You hear what I'm saying? So, yep. I, I guess, I guess. okay, last, last question before we quickly move on. Yeah. My only pushback on this is, yeah. do you guys believe that Josh Dobbs is the guy? No, as of for the tonight, next, as, as of, of right now, as of like, go, like going forward for 2020 for this season, I'm um, talking about this season and going because we don't know what's going to happen with Kirk this offseason. Just this season, just for the rest of the season. So then my question is, I'll answer both. Say Kirk Cousins. So say my back, uh, AJ, no. but I want to say say Kirk Cousins, hypothetically speaking, and I kind of do believe he'll resign, but say he doesn't resign and you've played Josh Dobbs this whole season. Well, you're probably going to bring in another quarterback. To start at that point, if not resign Josh Dobbs, right? When are you going to find out if Jaron Hall is the guy? Because yo, what if he's the guy? <laughs> like, it's possible. Again, it was it was quick. He was out of there early. It's very high expectations. We don't know. It's a lot of unknowns. But I like Jaron Hall, no, y'all. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I don't I don't know what the ceiling is. I know. But I like what I see. This I is the, like what I see. And this is the bummer thing about like these kind of opportunities that present themselves and then just get taken away immediately. Because yeah, I mean, until Josh Dobbs does something catastrophic, he will be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. He he just will. Um Man, yeah, you're right. Artist, the intrigue will always be there for Jaron Hall. But I mean, if this team is about continuing to put up uh, wins and stuff like that, um, we, we have to we have to keep going with this. We, we just do. Yeah. Um, now, a week ago, we were I mean, it was fair to bring up the question of just like what the future of the rest of the Vikings season was going to be going into this Falcons game. We didn't know. We didn't know how this team was going to respond without Kirk Cousins. Um, and they responded as best as you could possibly do. And so now I think it's given the fans and the team just a little bit more of a, a little bit of life to continue pushing on for this season. Um, unfortunately, at least for 2023, I mean, Jaron Hall might just have to be a, a big what if. And if he doesn't get a chance to show us more of what he's got this season, then I don't know how confident I can be in like making him the guy in 2024. 
Um, now, I think there would be more indications in practice and stuff like that. If, if Jaron Hall truly was like really, really, really legit, I think we might know by now, maybe. Um, at least there would be more buzz internally about it. Obviously, we wouldn't see a lot of uh, playing time on the field with him, but I think there would just be more, there'd be more of a buzz, I would think. Um, cause like, I remember when Justin Jefferson, like his first training camp and everything like that, like the, the beat reports and everything were losing their minds about how awesome he was. And of course my expectations were tempered a little bit because like it's a rookie and he hasn't played an NFL game. Like let's hold on a little bit. It's and it little. looked a little, and it looked a little off at first with JJ, but then Mike Zimmer finally, you know, got it together and started using him effectively. And the rest is absolute history. So I don't, I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a crappy situation if you're Jaron Hall for sure. Um, but the, the writing's on the wall. Josh Dobbs totally elevated your team to a place where you didn't really think it could get back to this season. And he did it in five days. You, you just have to keep rolling with it. And unfortunately, Jaron Hall might have to be a what if, um, throughout the rest of the season, maybe even next year too. So it sounds like the two like hype. Th- and I, I just want to preface here that this is to, to, to declare, Josh Dobbs, the guy on November 8th after, (laughs) you know, three quarters or something like that of of NFL football with the Minnesota Vikings is ludicrous. And I think everybody (laughs) watching is smart enough to realize that, you know, we're doing we're doing hypotheticals here. This is is not exactly this is a serious conversation, but not a serious conversation. Right, right. So (laughs) option A, they get to the end of the season. Kirk resigns, frankly. I can live with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it really depends on how he comes back after the 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 injury. Uh, I mean, the guy was I t- I said it last week. He he was elite. He was Kirk elite cousins. Yeah. And then, you know, and then unfortunately it comes to a grinding halt. But you go the other way. The way that they can use Josh Dobbs is kind of a it's a coin flip situation where maybe he He's the guy until he's not for this season. Right now he's winning. And if you're going to keep winning, then he's the guy automatically. Frankly, that's just how it is in the, in the sport of football. If you're winning, you are the guy, especially a quarterback. But if you get to a point where he starts stumbling, you've dropped a couple games in a row. All of a sudden you dropped, you know, divisional games. And now you're okay. We can't win the division anymore. And we're, you know, we have like an 8% chance of making the wild card get Jaron Hall back in there because mm-hmm. then you can at least see what the rookies got. Like you said, you, you know what Josh Dobbs is. He's been, he's had his time in the league. You should have more than enough film to decide what he is. We've not seen Jaron Hall other than a, a quick flash from the pan before, you know, he got his head smacked on the, the ground at uh, Mercedes Benz stadium. So I would like to see more, but if you go the path opposite of Kirk in the off season, you can use that lower cap to then a, you can draft somebody because I know you have your guys who are going to go early. And frankly, the Vikings are not going to be in the top five. They're not going to be in the right. top 10. Right. They're going to be 15 ish at the highest to like low twenties. And that's not going to be enough to maybe not low twenties, but they're going to be in the middle of the first round. That's not going to be able to get like a good prospect quarterback. They're like is the top tier. I should say, um, but you can draft somebody and either, Hey, Jaron, you're going to have to duel it out with him or something, you know, something along those lines. 
but having that lower cap hit would allow you to search for that predecessor because you can stick him in there and you've seen that he is like capable and you know you're not expecting him to go out there and put up mvp type numbers and frankly that might frustrate some people but it's not we, we it's a not a lot of fun to do window shopping you know right it, it's like ooh, that'd be nice i wish i could buy that i wish i could get you know that pocketbook or i wish i could you know i wish i could get that dress whatever I wish I could get that elite NFL QB prospect that has is mobile and he's got a cannon of an arm and he's got that winner alpha mentality and he's the guy and blah, blah, blah. And he, you know, put up the numbers in college. The Vikings just don't, they, they, they can window shop all they want, but at the end of the day, window shopping is not for the middle of the first round. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you're not going yeah. to actually walk into the store, hand the money, AKA the, the pick, ticket to the the commissioner and say roger goodell i'd like to purchase that i'd like to select that quarterback you're not going to do that so um having that lower cap hit allows the vikings to search the waters a little bit you can find that diamond of the rough i mean patrick mahomes was not the first quarterback off the board in his draft he for granted for what he's going to be at the end of his career he slipped you know yeah <laughs> the, like the chiefs frankly got a little lucky there yeah not in as Vikings fans know, they do not get lucky. The Minnesota Vikings never get lucky. But what if, but what if you just go the opposite route? And what if they do strike gold? What's the classic? It's like a betting meme where it's like two guys mining for diamonds or gold or whatever. And he's just shy. The other guy's going to keep going. The Vikings, if they stop looking for a quarterback, they're never going to find it. You yeah. got to keep going because when you hit that mine, when you hit that, that pit of diamonds, that gold reservoir and the giant nugget, oh God, it's going to pay dividends. You're going to go Especially ballistic. In yep. Exactly. Yeah. And you, the thing is you have the weapons. So um, the exciting part to wrap it all up is no matter what, it should be entertaining because it's either you have the narrative of Kirk Cousins staying with the Vikings because he loves being a Viking. And, you know, frankly, he's just, he's a good guy. It's easy to root for him. Like as a person, I think you can still root for a guy, but also critique his play as an NFL quarterback that comes as part of the job, but you're able to root for him. And that's going to be an interesting storyline. It should be fun for fans. Or you embark on this new journey. You turn the page, you explain to Justin Jefferson, we're going to get you your next guy. So you're here forever and you enjoy wearing purple and you're catching touchdown passes. Like it's nobody's business. And you eventually can lift that Lombardi trophy, but we have to look before we can like start walking. So um, either way, it should be entertaining. I enjoyed this conversation. (laughs) We enjoyed it too, AJ. Yeah. um, Yeah. And AJ said it the best right there. I just, yeah, Josh Tobbs has to be the guy moving forward until proven otherwise. He, he's been given this chance, and he he gets it until otherwise. And, I mean, Jaron Hall more, is more than welcome to do something about that in practice or anything like that. If he wants to force some hands, go right ahead. But right now, um, the Vikings' best chance to win, I think, is with Jaron Hall, and I think, or excuse me, with uh, Josh Dobbs. And I think most Vikings fans would agree about that. And I'm actually really excited to see how Josh is going to be embraced 
by the crowd at U.S. Bank Stadium. I think he's probably going to be the last player out of the tunnel in introductions and everything like that. It's going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. Probably going to be one of the most fun football games he will ever be a part of. And gentlemen, why don't we get into a preview of this Vikings-Saints game right now. Uh, Currently right now, the line is at uh, two and a half New Orleans with an over-under of 40 and a half. Looking at the injury report right now, Christian Derrissaw was able to get a limited participation practice in today. We're recording this on Wednesday, November 8th. But uh, no surprise that Jaron Hall, K.J. Osborne, they were DNP is also limited participants today. Brian Osamoah, T.J. Hawkinson, and uh, Johnny Munt. And actually, uh, with that hamstring, uh, Justin Jefferson looks like he was a limited participant today, even though there are reports that uh, it is pretty unlikely that Justin Jefferson is going to suit up uh, against the New Orleans Saints this weekend. But maybe uh, the weekend after against, uh, what do we play, the Broncos, I believe? I don't know. That's going to be a prime time game. Might be a prime time for Justin Jefferson to come back from that hamstring injury. But guys, let's get into a preview of this. I mentioned uh, a chance of an emotional letdown for the Minnesota Vikings here in this game after a thrilling victory over the Atlanta Falcons. Is that going to happen here on Sunday, or do you think the Vikings will be able to carry over this uh, astronomical momentum that they have uh, developed over the last uh, couple uh, days? AJ, you go first. Okay, so first off, and I'm very surprised that the NFL did not flex that Vikings Broncos game out because yeah. they now have passed the deadline. I I'm shocked. Yeah. Um. But now we know that it's not going to be a Kirk Cousins led primetime game. And granted, he did it earlier this year, so you can't really have that narrative where you know he beat the 49ers in primetime. So there it is. But it's just like you know who who knows. It's going to be <laughs> the thing about this yeah. team. The rest of the season, it's going to be entertaining, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't believe they're going to win a Super Bowl right now at the current state they're in, but at least it's going to be entertaining the rest of the season, whether they are winning or losing. So looking ahead of this game, Josh, Dobbs are you going to predict a, a tie again? You're going to predict a tie again, aren't nope, you? No, I, I burned my one tie. I, uh, <laughs> I will go tieless the rest of these. Ah, uh, ca- yeah, business casual for AJ moving forward this week. Now that you said that, that would be hilarious. If, if, they, but, if there's a tie this weekend, I will pick ties the rest of the season after this. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, Josh Dobbs gets a full week working with KOC and this offense. I know he's already been working, also talking with Kirk Cousins about kind of maybe how to go about certain things and how to go about the playbook and whatnot. Um, He's a smart guy. We've already talked about that, so I'm not going to exhaust that point again. The defense, I think, is going to be – it's going to have to rely on Brian Flores. The the Saints are going to score. It's not if you could stop them. It's how much you can contain them. Um, I think we all remember the Alvin Kamara, what was it? Mm. Five or six touchdown game On from Christmas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, it gives me nightmares still like yeah, that terrible. is like that Worst is Christmas f- ever full on Krampus type stuff. Just <laughs> awful. So um, the defense is going to have to do their best to contain the saints offense, because I know I mentioned, I made a joke about it, but Derek Carr, like when he's on, he's on, he looks yeah. solid. I'm not going to say he's an elite quarterback, but the guy, the guy gets the job done. And plus, he's got he's got Chris Olave. Uh, Michael Thomas, I know, is maybe not the receiver he used to be, but he shows flashes at times, which is more than enough. And I they have a sneaky good under-the-radar guy in Rashid Shahid, who yes. is both yes. not only good, but has a very fun name to say. Um <laughs> So on top of that, Alvin <laughs> Kamara, I already talked about that as well. Um, on defense, I mean, they have Cameron Jordan. I mean, 
they have the pinnacle guys in Marshawn Lattimore and Cameron Jordan that have been here, been, been there. What feels like forever now. Right. People forget they have Tyron uh, Matthew as well. Um, this oh, Saints they do. Defense, yeah. Oh wow! This Saints defense is not bad. <laughs> they're they're a very good passing offense, oh. and I think that's what the Vikings are going to have to rely on this weekend. Which I think is why I am maybe not as confident as some other people are. Um, I know the Saints are favored by a couple points. I side with Vegas in this one. Um, I need Alexander Madison to stay, uh, step up, and if he has a step-up type game, I think the Vikings win. I don't, unfortunately, because I don't think he's proven it to me yet. Maybe other Vikings fans feel this way. I don't feel like he has taken command of that RB1 position. He's not shown that he can lead the charge on the ground, establish the running game. I think he's, gonna, he's going to put Josh Dobbs in a situation where they're going to have to throw the ball maybe a little more often than they probably want to, and that's going to be unfortunate. Josh Dobbs does bring a running game aspect that the Vikings haven't had in what feels like five, maybe a decade now. You know, when's the last time they had a it's mobile a quarterback? While. Case Keenum, honestly, Case Keenum. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I know he wasn't terribly mobile, but if you're talking about the similar plays, I mean, Case Keenum kind of. Really. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, the fact that you're saying Case Keenum, that shows like, yeah. I don't think anybody thinks Case Keenum is a mobile quarterback. So that's like the last mobile quarterback the Vikings have had. So um, Christian Ponder, maybe. He does. Add we don't want to talk about Christian. Parker. First name that came to mind for me was like Tavares Jackson. That was the yeah. first name That's, I thought of. Yeah. Honestly, T Jack is probably the one that comes to mind for me. It's yeah. like the most recent, but yeah. um, they, they have that added spectrum to their game now. So I'll give them that. Unfortunately though, I do think that the saints probably win. I know it's at us bank stadium. I just, I think last week was almost too good to be true. Um, I'm glad they did get the win. I just think that the Saints probably edge it out just slightly. It's going to come down to the final few seconds. I'm going to say 20. Let me think about this for a second. 27, <laughs> 27, 27, 24 Saints. Okay. I'm going to go 20 to 17 Saints. I'm leaning the same way for basically the same exact reasons. Uh, the Saints' defense is legit. I mean, they're top 10 overall, top 10 pass defense, um, and they're going to make their job hard on offense, the Vikings, that is, Josh, Josh Dobbs. Now, I do think they're, he will be a little more comfortable because he'll know the system a lot better or a little better at least given the full week with KLC. Who knows, like you said, Jason, what KLC will draw up to make his job a lot easier. Hopefully they can get the running game going some so you can mix in some play action. They get the running game going, I mean, hey, all bets are off. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in Derek Carr that much, honestly. <laughs> um, like you said, he's, he's very streaky. Um, he can make plays, but his his good games are good. His bad games are bad, mm, yeah. um, especially on the road. So that's kind of a wild card. Um, and I do respect this Vikings defense uh, with Brian Flores. It has played very good, a complete step up from last year, which is very refreshing to see. But I think ultimately, I believe the Saints defense will do just enough and force enough turnovers to limit the Vikings enough so that Derek Carr doesn't have to do too much. He won't have to go out there and put up 27, 30 points in order to get a win. So under those circumstances where he only has to score 20 points to get a win, I think that'll be enough for him to be able to do and accomplish. And I think that they will beat the Minnesota Vikings 22-17. Yeah, honestly, considering how kind of poor the Saints played against the Chicago Bears and uh, Tyson Bajant last week, I'm not really high on this team. The defense is still there. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, but the running defense isn't as good as the pass defense for the Saints. They are a top five pass defense in the NFL, but their run defense is like bottom 10 in yards per carry. And I believe also in touchdowns allowed as well. So if Alexander Madison is going to have like that, I don't know, let's say 20 carries for 140 yards or something like that. This this is an Apple opportunity to be able to do that. Um, honestly, the guy that we haven't mentioned yet that I'm probably most scared of because, well, I mean, he's also been on my fantasy in the last couple of weeks and I've gotten a up close and a personal look at him is Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has been the Swiss army knife of this team for several years, even going back to the Sean Payton days. You don't know any given Sunday if he's going to be a quarterback a running back, a wide receiver, or a tight end. He is so diverse, and he's gotten at least through a few throws in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but let's see. Um, yeah, in this Bears game, he was actually their leading running back with 11 carries for 52 yards. So any single time you play the Saints, I have no idea what Taysom Hill is going to do. He's either going to do nothing or he's going to be a massive part of the game plan, and he has a good chance of beating you. Um, how that will get implemented with the Vikings, I'm not really sure. Considering they blitz a ton, I think that would give the Saints an opportunity to use Hill in uh, pretty decent situations if they're not able to get Kamara going. But, yeah, just a guy to obviously uh, keep an eye on. Um I do expect a little bit of an emotional letdown for the Vikings, like I mentioned, because, I mean, I don't know how you match the adrenaline of what you went through against the Falcons, but you're still going to be at home. Josh Dobbs is still going to be a very motivated individual to have a really good game. He might force a few things because of that, but he's going to be in front of probably a home crowd that has never embraced him like this in the NFL before. He is going to want to play awesome in front of those home fans. And, and I think they will. I think the Vikings will get a win against New Orleans. I, I don't trust them. They just look so ugly against the Bears. I think the Vikings will win, continue this winning streak with a 25-21 to 21 victory. I don't think Dobbs will play as well as he did against the Falcons, but I still think he is able, can, gonna, able to do enough to lead the Vikings to a victory. And I'm still just like, like artist said, I just like, I don't know what Taysom Hill is going to be any single week. You don't really know what Derek Carr is going to be like either. And he might have a decent game, but I don't think he's going to elevate the saints enough to get a victory at us bank stadium. I think the Vikings continue to roll with Josh Dobbs as their starting quarterback 25, uh, 21. So I'm so sick of Taysom Hill. This guy's 33. Can you retire already? I know. It's just, I know. No, and hear me out. It's not that oh, I don't dang. like him. It's not that I don't like him. I hate the conversation, the dialogue around him. Is he good? Obviously, yes. But also, no, because like I know. he doesn't do like it's the jack of all trades, master of none. But the thing is, like, he is good at certain things. If you put him on any other team, is he good? I'm not sure. He's never going to leave New Orleans for no. like. Like he's a treasure, but yet nobody wants him too. Like it's so crazy. Plus the amount of times that I had to go up with this guy, uh, uh, I lost to him the week that he played quarterback because like I put him in the mm. tight end slot. Just, just devious behavior. That should be illegal. <laughs> you deserve jail time for that. That should have been illegal. ESPN fantasy. Why'd you let that happen? But it, like, Sheesh. no. I'm Wait, just, so you, so you don't get yeah. point if you put him at tight end. You don't get points if no, he, like, throws no, a touchdown. Well, no. Let me let me explain this to you. He um. So it's like if if your running back catches a pass, he yeah. obviously gets the he get, he gets that. There was a week where I who who was their quarterback? I think it was like Jameis was hurt or something like that. But mm-hmm. anyway, they had they didn't have a quarterback like a, an actual quarterback. 
Okay. So they played him, but he is listed at the time. He was listed as a tight end in fantasy, but you, so people picked him up and put him in the tight end slot. And then mm-hmm. he, he threw for like two touchdowns and ran in like two touchdowns because they would just get yep. down to like the four yard line and run a sweep with him or whatever. So he had a four touchdown day as a tight end passing. He had like 200 passing yards. He was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And I think they've um, cracked down on that this year because he, he can only, he's only a tight end. He's only available as a tight end so far this year. I yeah. Think. But then they, but then they changed the next week <laughs> to where his okay. positioning was a quarterback That's so that you couldn't put him in the tight end slot. It was ridiculous. Oh People were throwing it. Yeah. It was the biggest cheat code ever. <laughs> and frankly, I'm more mad that I didn't do it. I'm more mad that I didn't get because I, you know, all those people have that unspoken bond of playing Taysom Hill quarterback in their tight end slot in like week 13, 2021 or whatever it was. And it was a magical weekend for them. But, oh, God, I don't him as a person, him as a player. He's good. I get it. But like him as the football entity, Taysom Hill, get out of the league. I'm so sick of you. He's chaos. (laughs) So sick of you. He's just chaos, just pure and utter chaos. That's you never tough. know. You that never know. Tough. He's Pandora's box, Mr. Taysom Hill. I do want to, uh, I, I know we have to wrap this up, but I do want to hear you guys' thoughts because as as we were doing our predictions, I, I, I popped on Twitter. I'll be honest. I popped on Twitter. Thanks for paying attention. I will only because, only because Twitterverse, NBA basketball Twitterverse is lighting up over these Showtime Minnesota Timberwolves. First off, they've got the best look in the league on tonight. Oh, this court tonight looks sick. They stole the ball. Nas Reed steals the ball, spin move, stretch pass, lob off the backboard alley-oop. They are absolutely, who are they playing? They're blowing out the Pelicans, and they're doing it with style. And I don't think the league is ready. I think (laughs) I might actually have to start going to Wolves games. Like, also, is it too early for me to cash in on my write that down from two weeks ago where I was like, Anthony, can I upgrade it? Sure, why not? I don't what know. was yeah. it? What was it? I said um Anthony Edwards will get like significant like for for him and oh, we for like, MVP. Mm-hmm. MVP votes. Um I mean the, the guy closed things He's out. He was tear. the best player on the floor against the Celtics in that win. Um they've now beat two undefeated teams in the Celtics and the Nuggets at who at the time you know handed them the first loss. Are the, are the Wolves? I do we do? Should I say it? Should I say it, everybody? <laughs> uh, should I wait? Wait a man. Say this, it. Might this, as well. Are the wolves good? Uh, listen, dun, dun, dun. I will say this: their defense has been sensational. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's start there. Their well, defense has been defense. super impressive. One of the best defenses. I think last time I checked, they were like number one in defensive efficiency. Sensational. Yeah. So their defense good. so far yeah. has been spectacular. Spectacular um, is good. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Edwards has been on a. Hair. Yep. Being on a tear. Was going, this is going. This is going to be like my last words. But I'm glad you brought it up. He had 31 the other night against Atlanta. 24 against Denver. 31 again against Utah. 38 against the oh, Celtics. And clo- basically closed that game out all overtime. Locked up Jason Tatum with five fouls, which is hard to do. That is that is not an easy thing to do. So he's Would you been say playing. That's, good? That, that's, that's not bad. It, it, impressive. <laughs> I mean, it is it's, it's special. He's he's he he's playing like. Remember before the season started, I said I think we might start having those conversations this year about him being a top five guy. Right now, he's averaging like twenty eight mm-hmm. points a game, yep. um, and I think that other stars, he's like that's number ninth in the league right now. 
I think other stars are going to start to taper off a little bit. And Anthony Evers might taper off as well some as the season progresses. But if he can stay in that 25 to 27 range per game and continue to give that offensive mm-hmm. output shooting, what was it? Last time I checked, 52% from the field, the sky's yeah. the limit. The and, sky is the limit at that point. Because and, then yeah. I think Carl Anthony Towns will get it going. I think the defense will stay what it is. Um, Jaden McDaniels playing great defense. I Listen, they they look very good so far. He is shooting 47% from three right now. Yeah. And this is Anthony Edwards, who still, in that Celtics game, jacked up a lot of kind of dumb shots at the end of the game, where even Chris Finch, it was at the end saying, yeah, we probably need to move the ball a little bit more towards the end of the game and not just rely on the hero ball. And this is still happening. Uh, I said what, and uh, my prediction that he's going to make second All-NBA this year? Yeah. That's looking yeah. pretty good. That's uh, speaking of things that AJ likes that are good. That's looking pretty good as well. I'm um, not willing to say that the Timberwolves have turned a corner yet. Still but need a little be. bit more. I still need to see the team. You know, I still remember the Atlanta loss. That was really bad. And I, I need to see a couple more wins strung together. But you do this against the Nuggets and the Celtics. That's that's about as best as you can ask from uh, from this team right now. And mind you, Carl Anthony Towns isn't playing well right now. Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns did not have a good game against the Celtics. And if, and by the way, if Rudy Gobert keeps up these kind of defensive numbers, I mean, this is defensive player of the year a couple of years ago, Rudy Gobert. I don't know what he may have had to do in the offseason to play this inspired, but it, it looks even different from last year. So this is, this is one of the most encouraging starts uh, to a season the Wolves have had in very recent memory. And I know that Jane, Mc, there's still a little, I, Jane McDaniels, I think had a really bad shooting end against the Celtics too. So he isn't even playing at his peak uh, performance right now. So uh, this is looking, this is looking good. As AJ said, this is looking pretty good. So I'm going to, I'm going to tease it. I don't want, I'm not going to give them the official good stamp yet because <laughs> they're they're tickling it, though, let me tell you. So they're up okay. 21 right now over the Pelicans <laughs> with seven and a half minutes left. But right. they're going to go on the road, and they have the Spurs and that freak Wembenyana, freak mm-hmm. in a good way. For, mm-hmm. I just want to clarify, freak in a good way. Well, Very also kind of looking because, like, that's not a normal human being. Yeah. Um. Then they have the Warriors twice. Mm-hmm. Then the Suns on the road. And then they're going to go smack the Pelicans at the Smoothie King Stadium or Smoothie King Arena. And then they come back home to the Knicks on the 20th. So they have, I mean, they have two games against the Warriors before we talk again next, gentlemen. And write this down right now. They will beat the Warriors at home. Mm. They will. They'll split? They'll split against Golden State. The Dude. Warriors are awful at Target Center. Uh, throughout Steph Curry's career, uh, they just have not won very much at Target Center for whatever reason. Are they it right now? Are they both? Are are they both on the road? Oh, are they? I would just I assume they were both a it was a split home and home. I, you know, see, the, I, I, you know what? You're right. I the think, NBA started doing that after COVID, where they literally have back to back games on the road for yeah. Well, okay, both so of those they, games so are they, in Golden State. Both of those games are in Golden State. The NBA yeah. started doing this a couple years ago, where they play teams in the same city back to back because the sometimes. second game okay. is the start of the in season tournament for the Wolves. Oh, no, they actually right. they that... actually start that this Friday when they travel down okay. to San Antonio to take on the Spurs. That's yep. their first game of the in season tournament. And then, so yeah, so that's what it is. So they, they do have back-to-back games. So Sunday and Tuesday, they're out in Golden State. Okay. Um, that's going to be my telling point. I think they can beat the Spurs just because it's the Spurs. Um, obviously, they have a little talent now, but, and this is frankly, you know, people should know who, who listen, an uneducated opinion on, <laughs> on the NBA, but I'm trying. Good. I'm like, great. Uh, 
I'm like, Fair I'm like, me. what is it? Jules in uh, I'm like uh, Samuel Jackson's character in Pulp Fiction. I'm yeah. trying, Ringo. <laughs> I'm trying hard. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> trying to to walk doing the, well the in the meantime yeah. don't doing um, well though so damn good burger we oh, <laughs> i'm sorry no I'm that's sorry. such a good drop anyways royale um, with yeah. cheese so we will we i will talk more a little more wolves next week that's, yes. i think that's that's going to be our new week's re- resolution that's our goal next week is to talk a little more wolves okay yeah I agree. And if we want to sprinkle in some Minnesota Wild conversation, too, they were wheeling and dealing today, trading for Zach Bogosian, trading away Kalen Addison. Yeah, plenty uh, plenty of puck sounds. to be talked about. <laughs> Kalen Addison, kind of an up-and-down career with the Minnesota Wild. But best of luck in San Jose. Uh, yeah, plenty to talk about across mm-hmm. all the sports teams. And obviously, the Minnesota Vikings keep us very busy. We will be glued to anything that happens with the team. But obviously, we got the Timberwolves in the Wild. A lot of things going on as well. But gentlemen, we're a little bit over. We got to get out of here. Any final thoughts before we wrap up Taxi Squad for the week? No, sir. Hope everybody has an amazing week. Right on. Cool. All yeah. right. For let's, let's hopefully <laughs> Houston, we have no problems with the pastor out this weekend. Uh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. All right. Yeah. Let's see what the Vikings can do against the New Orleans Saints. We will be back next week to break it all down and to preview the Sunday night football game against the Denver Broncos. Uh, my name is Jason Stormer. We got AJ Fredrickson and Artis Woods. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. You can check us out on scorenorth.com, Score North mobile app, Apple, Spotify. And if you want to see our beautiful faces, the Score North YouTube channel is the best place to go for that. In- <laughs> right. All right. Until next week, everybody, we will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Score North Taxi Squad. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye bye.